You got to bring your own cocaine. You got to bring your own cocaine. Everybody knows that, Dave. Get some wine, some cheese, and some grapes, and some cocaine. Spend an evening in the <laughs> ER with each other. <laughs> there are good movies, and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here, because this is shitty cinema. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find. Centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. (laughs) Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? Well, we finished up Low Hand Me Downs last week with Just My Luck, um, which was uh, sort of a bang or a fizzle to go out on. I don't know. (laughs) So we are moving on to a new month and a new theme. And our theme this month is Living Toys, uh, uh, films (laughs) where toys come to life. uh, You know, we can't do the Tyra Banks one, unfortunately, because we already did that one. I saw you trying to sneak the Low Hand Me Down another week out. (laughs) (laughs) It's a clever strategy, though, Casey. Yeah, she tried to sneak it past us. But with that off the table, Casey, it's up to you to kick us off to Living Toy Month. So what did we watch this week? This week, from 2001, Monkey Bone, starring Brendan Fraser, Sir Brendan Fraser. Um, sir. Uh, is he a sir? No. No, but he uh, is to me. Say. Okay. I would call fair. him sir. Hi. <laughs> okay. Respectfully, respectfully, Dave. God. Would absolutely not be respectfully, Casey. It would be unless he was like, hey, could you disrespectfully call me that? I'd be like, check plus. All right, Case. Before we go too far, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Stuck in the realm of nightmares, you managed to swindle an exit pass to get back to our world. Unfortunately, the process consists of you bending over to get flicked in the ass by a 10-story robot into the mouth of a bust of Abraham Lincoln. I've had this dream. In the 10 seconds before your ass is emancipated, sell us on this movie. Mix one part puppet stop motion nightmare juice with three parts Brendan Fraser. Pour in a trash can, serve at room temperature with a sliver of Chris Catan. Eight seconds. It's gotta be room temperature. Yeah, in a trash can. Just a sliver of Chris Catan. To understand how we got monkey boned, Let's go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. Brendan Fraser is a nerdy and slightly agoraphobic animator that isn't very keen on the capitalist appropriation of his work. In Monkey Bone, he goes by Stuart Miley. Hold on. Is this character really named S. Miley? Smiley? Aw, I missed that. We see his teeth a lot, yeah. But he's not very smiley. Anywho, Stu's about to propose to Bridget Fonda's Julie, but instead ends up getting into an accident. Falling into a coma, Stu actually enters the realm of bad dreams called Downtown. But it's two words. Downtown. Downtown. Good news. There's an exit to Downtown that involves using a Willy Wonka golden ticket to get shot into the mouth of an Abe Lincoln bust in the sky. Bad news. According to the ruler of Downtown, Hypnos, Stu has to steal the ticket from his sister, Death. And time is ticking because Stu's sister is itching to pull the plug on him. Just... Just rearing and ready to go. So Stu teams up with his animation come to life monkey bone, an orange super horny monkey. I hate that series of words. You picked the movie. <laughs> I you know. did. 
you picked a movie not only with a monkey on the cover, but monkey in the name. I know. I, I didn't know too, think Grace. it through. I thought I it was just, I didn't know. At the same time, Julie uses the classic make it worse to make it better strategy. Stu's brainwaves reveal that he's in a pattern of nightmares. And so she goes, hey, what can we do? Let's just juice him up with a ton of nightmare juice to wake him up before we pull the plug. <laughs> I love Julie so much. Has she seen, like, who everything goes to? The only thing I can think of is she's seen his will. She's like, <laughs> fuck it. Stu, honey, you're going to wake up or you're going to see God tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. So what kind of person is just going around developing nightmare-inducing juices? Besides the U.S. government? I was just going to say the U.S. government. <laughs> so Monkey Bone and Stu avoid the nightmare, literally, and steal an exit pass from death, uh, who is Whoopi Goldberg. Again, they steal from Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg, which is rude. Don't steal from right. Whoopi. No. But when they go to use the exit pass, Monkey Bone knocks Stu out and uses it himself, waking up in Stu's body seconds before the plug was about to be pulled. See, it turns out Hypnos planned the deceit so that Monkey Bone could steal Julie's nightmare juice and spread more nightmares. Even in fucking Stu's dreams, he can't escape the capitalist dystopia. That's a bullshit move. So Monkey Bone uses Stu's body to get out there and have some fun. He goes all in on the merchandising and advances the Monkey Bone show. To make sure he doesn't have to go back to just being a figment of Stu's imagination, he steals Julie's nightmare juice and then fills up all the Monkey Bone dolls with it. Yeah, so the Monkey dolls release a gas when you pull the thumb out of their ass. Yeah, they fart. Monkey they fart. Bone dolls fart. Monkey Bone plans to release mm. it all at a charity banquet, but the situation ends up changing because Julie has been suspicious of new Stu, which, you know, seems reasonable when he's had a total personality change and it comes together when he proposes with a new ring instead of his grandmother's heirloom ring real stew gets help escaping downtown prison by cat girl not a joke actually the movie <laughs> literal cat girl <laughs> stew then makes it to death and when he pleads his case she decides to send him back to earth but since his body's already occupied he's gonna need a new body enter chris katan who plays a dead gymnast that's having his organs harvested when Stu <clears throat> takes over. Stu, as Catan, runs to the house, gets the ring, and finds Julie, where he finally confesses his love and asks her to marry him. Julie, of course, agrees, and I think that we're supposed to say aww? Yeah, no, but we'll, we'll save the exact why for a little later. Okay. Stu in the Catan body and Monkey Bone in the Stu body fight ultimately culminating in both of them dying. Instead of just ending the movie, Death decides to combine Monkey Bone into Stu, because he's a little boring without some spice of a horny monkey, I guess. <laughs> and then returns him back to life. Stu and Julie reunite, and the film ends with a naked Dave Foley telling everyone to take their clothes off. <laughs> Forgot about that. Dave Foley refused to body double, too, by the way. Good for him. I know. Yeah. Also... Why does that not surprise me? So, Monkey Bone's rated PG-13, and I feel like Dave Foley's friend of of Stu was the PG-13 version of Benicio Del Toro's um, uh, lawyer in, in Fear and Loathing. He was all into <laughs> advertising and drugs, right? But just PG-13 version. They just didn't show or allude to the drugs he was doing for that performance. Uh, listen, 
the way he reacts to the drugs that he gets when he gets the nightmare fuel dave foley it, it reacts like a man that has experienced strong hallucinogens right because he isn't so much as in a panic for himself but trying to save other people and that's what people that have done a ton of hallucinogens do they're always trying to save you like hey man i'm sorry i just shoved you but as you can clearly see the ceiling was about to melt on you and i didn't want you to get captured and you're like fuck dude that's so clutch what would it what would happen if i would have gotten eaten by the ceiling if we didn't establish it well enough in the plot even though the movie's about Brendan Fraser and his <laughs> other half horny monkey alter, um, uh, most of the plot's actually about this nightmare juice. And we see a bunch of people get hit with the nightmare juice, and most of them just kind of chill out, have a nightmare, and then wake up freaking out. And Dave Foley is the only one who <laughs> immediately has a strip-off-your-clothes run-into-the-fountain moment, which yeah. very much... <laughs> Has the energy of somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I just did too much acid back in the day. So every once right. in a while, I crack my back and all of a sudden I'm back in Nam, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good look for Foley. I loved it. It was very much a role that was supposed to be just like, oh, yeah, you need to be the one to to kind of get us towards the capitalist advertising and whatnot so that we can push up how immoral the monkey is. Uh, but Foley did that really well. He played the typical 80s and 90s villain. And then he had a kids in the hall moment at the end where he painted his face <laughs> blue and told everyone to take their clothes off. I read somewhere that they played this on Adult Swim at night and people were pissed. This is responsible for the creation of Adult Swim uh, because the Cartoon Network advertised this movie pretty heavily. Um, and they, they got a bunch of backlash for it saying, hey, this isn't for kids. And Cartoon Network said, okay, fuck you then, and created a block that was explicitly not for kids. Thanks, Monkey Bone. That's interesting. Wow. Right. Everything else I may say about this, thank you for that. Like, were they also pissed that, like, not only is it kind of sexually explicit, but this does kind of have nightmare fuel. Like, all of the puppetry... A lot of the practical effects I liked, I think they did a pretty good job with. Um, it kind of, Jay, I see you making faces. It kind of <laughs> had, like you said, Beetlejuice vibes. This is uh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton yeah. Adjacent. It also felt kind of Twin Peaks ish, too. There was definitely some elements of just like absurd for the sake of it imagery, um, which I think was. Not uncommon for the time, uh, but it definitely reminded me a lot of like, oh, hey, you remember when all the Jim Henson stuff was like weirdly kind of horrifying for no and reason? Aggressive, yeah. <laughs> Hated that era. Hey, like maybe we can we can terrorize the children just a little bit for no reason in the middle of one of their shows. I really enjoyed when he fell into the coma and. Yeah. He melted into the sheets and it was like the sheets in the bed were clouds and he was slowly floating down like it was like he was Jay, falling was like, into hell, basically. Yeah, yeah. but in extending. a very slow, comfortable way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, they use a lot of different effect styles in this movie between you know, green screens and uh animation and stop motion claymation 
and just nearly everything you could use at the time they used to some small degree somewhere in the film and it's not all perfect but it looks cool yeah yeah and i think that i like to contrast monkey bone with something like who framed roger rabbit who framed roger rabbit uses a singular animation style it's very cleanly integrated and when the the characters are juxtaposed in against whatever backdrop that they're not natively from it looks good it feels like a continuous universe in a way and this is juxtaposing so many different elements that it part of i think what it does is sort of makes you fixate on the way that they clash instead of the way that they unify i the movie has this one throwaway scene at the beginning of it where uh we discover that Stu, when he first met his uh now fiance julie was creating these beautiful but horrifying works of art i was it goya that created uh jupiter devouring his son because that was yes. the energy that I got from yeah. what we see yeah, yeah, from yeah. Stu's right-hand artwork at the beginning of this. Yeah. And, like, it is it is disturbing. And Julie's like, oh, yes, I had him switch to his left hand. And that was where we got the first Monkey Bone comic. And I just, I want to see this movie made again from Julie's perspective because it's a fucking amazing horror film. I want to see him as a Batman villain. Of, like, you know, he could keep it together when he draws with his left hand, but when he can't, <laughs> like, his shit comes to life or something. I don't know. Like, ugh, I, I want to see idea, more of that. Actually. I want to see really... that afterwards. I pretty much was a Batman villain. The guy with the, the, the ventriloquist puppet. <laughs> yeah, everyone in this movie is just a Batman villain. Yeah, Oops. right. There you Oops, go. Oops, all Batman villains. Oops, Frank all Miller's Batman Monkey villains. Bone. <laughs> okay, so maybe Monkey Bone is a little bit dark, but there was uh, a planned, a darker version of Monkey Bone originally. And instead of Brendan Fraser, we were going to get Nicolas Cage. And instead of Whoopi Goldberg, we were going to get Christopher Walken. And so I think, as shitty cinema, we should just say what we think that movie would have looked like. Uh, Nicolas Cage in Brendan Fraser's role. I, I both hate and love it. I love it. I love it. I don't want to see Nick Cage act like a fucking monkey. Right, because he'll do it. He will. He will. I know. Do it. That's why I want he it. He will throw his own waste. Right. I'm I'm, I'm on board for Great. that completely. Up until the scene where a horny monkey possessed Brendan Fraser tries to have sex with his fiance Julie. Because that was uncomfortable enough watching it with Brendan Fraser. I don't want to see that scene with Nicolas uh, Cage in there. There would be too much aggression. What was the Nicolas Cage movie where he tasers a lady with his dick? Drive Angry. <laughs> Drive Angry. That one. It would be that scene again. Wow. Yeah, that I was don't a movie. want that. Right. I don't. I don't, don't want to see that again. Other than you know, every time I close my eyes when I am personally huffing the nightmare juice. When what you do in your alone time is your time. There are no thought crimes here, Dave. Uh, yeah, so not on board for that. Christopher Walken is death, though. Absolutely. This is the perfect <laughs> Christopher Walken role. Yeah. 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 I'm Just, hoping he's like his role in um, Pool Hall Junkies. That's exactly what I was thinking. Right. I'm yes. so glad. 
just let him hang out. We get to do the, oh, hey, it's Christopher Walken. Let him do a long, rambly old man speech at some point. <laughs> right, right. Like, they could take out the, um, when we first meet Whoopi Goldberg's death, she's uh, making a model of Pompeii and killing it. And we could, instead of having that, we could have had Christopher Walken just giving us an oh. old man speech for a while about something that whatever, who gives a fuck what it is? It's Christopher Walken. Everybody's mad when death shows up. Oh, it's not my time. I don't care. It's just a job. <laughs> right. Didn't pick you. Yeah, no, this it would be the perfect role for him. At the end of the movie, Whoopi Goldberg shows up in a giant mech for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why that was a thing, but I do want that chest cavity to pop open and it to be Christopher Walken at the controls. And I want him to joke about the fact that he's driving a mech. You know how Christopher Walken does gets really like gleeful. It has to be that super gleeful yeah. Christopher Walken. He needs to be overjoyed that he's driving a giant mech and about to flick Nick Cage's ass into Abe Lincoln's bust's mouth. Yeah. Okay. So yes, I I absolutely love Christopher Walken's death, and I want that. However, I don't want necessarily any further recastings of the film, because otherwise we might have lost. Giancarlo Esposito as oh my god. Hypnos, the oh my god. like the god of dreams. He he's the brother of death, god of dreams, and a goat man. Yeah, he's a satyr. A satyr, thank you. That's the word I was trying to think of. But like, if the bottom half of the satyr was like a stuffed animal, because it's not a well done special effect. Oh, all contraire, it's not well doneness makes it actually better. And creepier because creepier. When he, the way that he moves and his head and arms being so disproportionate to the size of his body and his tiny little legs, it is. I don't know. David something Lynch about is it. showing. Yeah, yeah. I okay. So I was doubting you on the Twin Peaks David Lynchiness. That's where I see it. I get it now. You're right. All the black and white print. Yeah, like when it goes black and white and and. Uh, Brendan Fraser sinks into the ground so that he can, uh, so that Hypnos can hit his head with a golf club because he's in a sand trap. It's just very, like, Giancarlo Esposito is an amazing actor with yes. an incredible career. And it's very strange to watch this movie that I skipped 20 years ago and see him poking his head through what looks like an early Star <laughs> Trek costume. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe Doctor Who. I think a Doctor Who might be a more apt description of his yeah, character. Yeah, it feels much more Doctor Who. Angel, not Buffy. Buffy had money. <laughs> That's, yes. But strangely enough, being the god of dreams, he was still stuck in the corporate grind. He needed to get more bad dreams. Yeah, he's running off of some type of like Monsters, Inc. philosophy here where... The it's not really a currency. Everyone's just very bored, and the only thing they have to do for entertainment is watch people's nightmares. Yeah, it's greedy and sad. You know, I guess I I get the 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 coma town people <laughs> being so bored that they just have to watch nightmares and wanting new nightmares. Whatever. I don't know why Stu's girlfriend has made scientific nightmare juice. Yeah, and good question. Right, I'm curious what science yeah. led them there. I, what, I, what are we using this to cure? It is straight up 
Batman scarecrow gas. And I don't know what science needed this. I do, however, adore her plan to fear toxin her boyfriend out of a coma. (laughs) (laughs) Do you? I absolutely love it. I started laughing so hard when she presented her plan because we're not even grabbing the the we're not even grabbing the dragon by the tail we are sneaking up on him like steve Irwin and shoving a whole hand up the butt yeah (laughs) so i really don't understand that because they spend time in the beginning talking about Stu's nightmares and how he overcame them and so not only is her plan to just ramp it up to fucking 21 but it's to do it on someone who has pre-existing trauma. Oh yeah, hundred percent. She is. She has already walked us through how doing this the right way is a multi-year process, so which we don't have time for. At this point in the film, we don't even have that. We only have like four hours left until right, right. they're pulling the plug on him. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh Stand by your man, girl. I, I guess I support it. Look, I think it's a pretty good plan because it's going to go one of two different ways. One, it's going to work as she intends and it is going to scare him awake. And he is going to have new mental traumas to deal with. She seems to be very good at her job, so hopefully they can work through it. Two, it's not going to work, but when they show up to pull the plug... The floor is going to be so slick with fear shit. No one will be able to get close enough to pull the plug. Okay. Buy them a few more hours. To think of something else. Not a bad plan. I wonder if there's a version of this movie where they explain why Catgirl helps out Brendan Fraser. Because they meet in the beginning and she's like sympathetic to him or hot on him or something. And then... And then nothing happens. And then she sleeps with Hypnos to steal his key, then breaks him out of prison, and then murders the prison guard for him. I got it. Okay. Because she's a cat. Who do cats love the most? People who don't want to touch them. (laughs) Brendan (laughs) Fraser does not want to touch her. Therefore, she's like... I will fucking kill for you. Okay? (laughs) One day you're going to touch me. And then I'm going to rip your guts out. But until then, I'm your servant. And the guy she killed was a rat. Yeah, he was a rat bastard. So, you know, that part makes sense in that, you know, she she just wanted to kill the rat. It was an excuse for her there. She does say at one point that uh, Brendan Fraser's character is the first decent guy she's seen come through there uh which is kind of odd like there's never been anyone else that's gone into a coma that was an okay person men are trash (laughs) 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 my god one knows it too (laughs) i also kind of felt a little um highway to hell ish yeah in this like it also kind of had that like creepy but without being too too scary but also like okay i didn't like that very much on the flip side i loved chris Catan's portrayal of a corpse because oh. he nailed that and that was probably my favorite joke throughout the entire movie yeah okay. uh, specifically 
Give us a Chris Kattan Weekend at Bernie's movie, you fucking cowards. Yeah. Number yes. one. Number two. Why did it take an hour to get to Chris Kattan? Yeah. I, Case, I was texting you about that earlier um, because he's on the cover of the fucking movie and he is nowhere to be seen for over the first hour of the fucking film. So I was very confused. Uh, but when he does eventually show up as a reanimated corpse with the spirit of Brendan Fraser uh, being pursued by a furious Bob Odenkirk who really wants his organs to sell. Mm. Yeah. He was he, absolutely perfect in this movie. It was movie. so good. Give me a daily comic strip about oh my God, the yes. doctor. Right, like, I want a Pink Panther knockoff about Chris Kattan running around the world and Bob Odenkirk chasing him, trying to get his organs. I will read yes. it every fucking morning. He tackled children. <laughs> he was relentless to get these organs back. And he had, yeah. you know, he had the igloos, coolers. Yeah, Chris Kattan is dropping organs like a fucking horrifying pinata. And Bob Odenkirk just rolls with it and grabs lungs off the ground and throws it in the cooler and continues with his day. A liver I, I, that's been on the... The, the, on the grill. The grill, yeah. <laughs> Got a little seared, right. but it's okay. It heals itself. Doesn't he straight up say, uh, we could probably save that? Like, Yeah, it's, yeah. It, yeah. It is the Simpsons. It's just a little burnt. It's still good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was really disappointed that there was not more Chris Kattan, but also I was under the impression that Chris Kattan was going to be a monkey in this film or like do monkey stuff. Right. And I was really thinking, I thought it was going to be like more Mr. Peepers. Yes. Which I was kind of disappointed in. Yeah. I will, I will give the movie credit that even though I was aware of this when it came out and like, I've seen trailers and like, I've even heard a little bit about it since then. It was not at all what I expected plot wise. <laughs> No. Me either. I completely caught me off guard from with pretty much the entire plot of the film. Dave, specifically, I would love for you to describe the scene of Brendan Fraser dancing sexily to Foxy Lady. Oh, dear God. Oh. Dave snapped me while watching this scene, and we felt very similarly. Yeah. We had the same grimace, like... Ugh. Yeah, uh, so this is at the point in the film when Brandon Fraser is inhabited by the spirit of a horny cartoon monkey. <laughs> and he's proceeding to behave as a horny monkey would. And I, I feel like Brandon Fraser might have just given us that a little bit too well. Because it was Did not like. uncomfortable. Um, it was aggressive. And I agreed completely when the fiance Julie just bailed out after he launched himself at her. That he did this in George of the Jungle too, and I did not like it. Um, I why do we keep making him do this in roles? Right. Why was that the thing that like oh we're gonna make Brendan Fraser play a horny idiot that launches themselves at women? Well, we can't monkey around all night. Dave, I have to know. Oh, God. <laughs> 2001's Monkey Bone. Would you watch it again? 
Why did you pick a monkey movie? I don't know. <laughs> I panicked. I didn't suggest this month, and I was like, there are no movies about, oh, God, oh, God. Man, you know, uh, when this came out in 2001, I was pretty squarely in the target demographic for the film, but I never watched it at the time. And I never got around to watching it after the fact. Uh, so finally coming back to this a couple decades later was interesting. I didn't hate this. I didn't love it. But there are some performances here that either I thought were a lot of fun uh, because they were good or were a lot of fun just because I like the people in them. Um, so, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to watch Monkey Bone again. It's it's a very strange film, and it's been a while since I've seen anything that tried to do something a little off and weird like this. And I want to wow. I want I want to go through and appreciate the visuals of downtown again. I don't think I really did that the first time through. Jay, how about you? From 2001, starring Brendan Fraser and Bridget Fonda, and not starring Rose McGowan as Miss Kitty, but definitely should have been starring Rose McGowan as Miss Kitty, uh, Monkey Bone, would you watch it again? Ooh, I don't know. It's difficult for me. I wasn't really crazy about Brendan Fraser in the movie, and I feel like it... It, it's just a little too close to some of the, the creepy stuff that was reminiscent of, like, Beetlejuice or the uh, the early 90s um, movies where the puppetry is a little too uncanny for me. I'm not sure that the comedy worked. I'm not sure that I had a good time. I just really think, like, the, the funny bits of Monkey Bone I can catch on YouTube. And the rest of it, I have no need to watch again. So, no, I will wow. not be watching Monkey Bone again. But, Casey, what about you? 2001's Monkey Bone, would you watch it again? I'm really on the fence about this movie. It opens up with Brendan Fraser's cartoon explaining that he got boners for his teacher's arm flaps mm, as a child. <laughs> And that's what yeah. the monkey bone yeah. universe is about, is him getting inappropriate dick feelings about arm flaps. And he made a career out of it. So, like, hashtag boy boss, go. Um, and the visuals were really cool. They were unique. It, you know, I think they look like a polished version of a, a lot of older works. But it also made me really uncomfortable sometimes, too, where I'm just like, eh. not just the nightmare stuff, but also like Brendan Fraser's cringy monkey performance. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying it was uncomfortable. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Thumbs I'm up, really on the, I'm on the fence. I got to lean thumbs down. I want to look at stills of like the background in downtown, like you said, Dave, and check that out more. But overall, I just didn't do wow. it for me. <sighs> that was tough, but two out of three of us would not watch Monkey Bone again. Barely. I was really, really the scale on the fence. Teetering. Yeah, but <laughs> God, I was there also was teetering. A it's a very on the fancy film. More Rose McGowan, more likely I am to watch it again. <laughs> but 
this Agreed. nightmare is over, Jay, and did I ever mention that? Moving toys is kind of a fucking like childhood nightmare. So, Jay, keep it going. What do you bring next week? Next week, we're gonna go even farther back in time to 1998 and watch Small Soldiers, which stars Kirsten Dunst and David Cross and Jay oh, Moore. Oh. I really enjoyed this as a very dumb child. Me so, too. Me too. I can't imagine this is going to be good. Underwhelmed. I watched it once in theaters and was like, okay. My mom said we're not allowed in the casino. So. <laughs> <laughs> and this has air. Follow us on social Facebook at sh.ttycinema, Instagram at casey.cinema, Patreon slash shitty cinema, or shittycinema.com. Check out the description below if you didn't catch all that. And let's turn out the lights. Drink some nightmare juice. Oh. And go back to Rose McGowan. Uh, Duh. Okay. Uh. <laughs>